What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Ty Reeves, and today we will be talking with former UConn women's field hockey player, Antonia Tika. Antonia came to UConn from her homeland, Germany, to compete for a national championship with the Huskies. Not only did she accomplish that goal, but she decorated her resume and found a passion for sports marketing. As she works towards joining the Nike family, she has stepped up to the play as an advocate for change in the United States. From across the world, she has pushed for change and has continued to do so. So without a further ado, welcome to the show, Antonia. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. So kind of started off, I just kind of like my guests to explain to the audience who you are, what you do. So kind of give us a little rundown. Yeah, sure. So I'm Tony and I live in Frankfurt, Germany. I graduated this year uh, with a bachelor in sport management and a minor in psychology. And I was on the field hockey team where, like you already said, we won the national championship in 2017, which was a really, really cool experience. And um, in February, I'll move to the Netherlands where I'll pursue a master's degree in international business with a focus on strategic marketing. So I'm really excited for that because I just got admitted a couple of days ago. Well, definitely congratulations to you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So kind of just to jump right into it, talk to us about growing up in Germany. Like I said before, you're not from the United States. So how were you exposed to sports growing up and how did you specifically get exposed to field hockey? Yeah, so I remember trying out a bunch of different sports at a very young age. I swam, I did gymnastics, ballet, and then I started playing tennis and field hockey. I think I was probably around six years old, um, and I started playing in the club near our home. And once I got older, things became more competitive in both sports and more intense at school as well. So uh, that meant I couldn't uh, continue doing both at, and had to decide between them. And I ended up choosing field hockey because I liked playing a team sport more and I enjoyed running. <laughs> that's crazy because I played soccer growing up and I think that's one of the main reasons why I didn't play soccer in college because I, I was kind of over the running. Oh, I yeah. don't want to do fitness and anything like that anymore. Yeah, I don't know why I was like that, but... <laughs> so you said that you obviously you're competitive with tennis, competitive with field hockey, and we know that you chose field hockey as your sport, like you just said. So what goals did you have as a field hockey player kind of growing up and what did you want to accomplish? Um, over the years, I de just developed more and more motivation to play in a competitive environment and win state championships and go to national tournaments, stuff like that. Um, so in order to play at a higher level, I had to transfer my field hockey club twice. Uh, those were really tough decisions back then because I had to leave my best friends um, both times and kind of join the rivalry, rivalry team. So, yeah, a lot of, I remember a lot of them didn't understand my decision. Um, it was really difficult, and I remember I'd had, I had a hard time telling them. Um, but looking back, those were definitely the right and necessary steps in order um, to set me up in the best way to get my field hockey scholarship in the U.S. Awesome. So kind of the way you're talking about it is it seems like field hockey in Germany is like a really big deal. So can you just talk to us about the culture of field hockey in Germany? Yeah, sure. So, well, the main sport in Germany is soccer. And you really see soccer everywhere. A lot of people play it. And the t like on TV, they really show a lot of soccer and not many other sports. 
Um, so it's definitely a smaller sport here, but it does exist for men and women. And um, we're actually pretty good at it too on a with the national team. Um, but compared to the U.S., um, it's we don't have well in the U.S. There's only field hockey for uh, girls on the college level, not for boys. So that's a big difference to Germany, um, which is kind of sad because my brother, for example, plays field hockey here, um, and he wouldn't be able to get that opportunity that I received um, and go to the U.S. to play field hockey for a college team. So. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but it's really a lot about soccer here. Um, but I guess that's why our soccer team's pretty good too. So, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of just to switch tones, um, this is more of a personal question for me. So, obviously, in the U.S., we have like elementary school, middle school, high school, and then you go to college. So, I was just wondering how different is the German education system from the U.S. Yeah, it's actually quite different. Um, so after elementary school here, there are three different school systems um, where one of them leads to a larger percentage that will go on to the universities and the two other will more likely lead to people doing apprenticeships or something like that. Um, so our schools aren't divided into middle and high school, but they have students from the age of 11 all the, to all the way up to 18. So that's one big difference. and. Um, Compared to the U.S., a much smaller percentage attends expensive private schools here um, just because the quality of the public school, um, the general public school, I want to say, is relatively high. So that's another um, something else that's different. And the universities here in Germany are also really different to American universities because here, athletics almost don't exist at university at the university level because sports are played um, at the club level. So that's why there's barely any school pride or community feeling. Um, like you'll almost never see anybody wearing any university gear, which, yeah, that's why it was kind of, um, I really like the American college system. Um, and yeah, that's a really big difference to Germany for sure. Yeah, I could tell that as far as sports go, because you really never, me personally, like I've never really heard about like colleges in Germany, but I know, at least from a soccer background, that it's more of you play for your club growing up and then you work through like the systems, whether it's like under 10s, under 18s, and then you sign your professional contract and you could then get to the first team. So it's definitely different, especially from the United States with like how college works with the pros. Yeah, for sure. Coming back to you, um, you talked a little bit about before about how you had switched clubs to eventually receive your scholarship to come play here in the U.S. So talk a little bit about your transition from Germany to the United States and what challenges you had to face. Uh, yeah, so I'm lucky to be a dual citizen uh, and have actually family living in different parts of the U.S. too. So um, that made the transition a lot easier. Um, I was somewhat familiar with the American way of life through like our yearly summer vacations at my grandmother's house or other relatives on Cape Cod. But um, the college the experience was way different. Um, one of the greatest differences I want to say um, that I noticed versus the European lifestyle was 
the size of everything. Everything is so much larger in the U.S. from cities, distances, I don't know, grocery stores, houses, fridges, <laughs> all the way to cereal boxes and peanut butter jars. It's crazy. So I was not used to that. Um, and in contrast, in European countries like Germany, the lifestyle is much smaller. It's more regional and mostly focused locally. Um, so that's a big difference. And I also noticed a certain wastefulness in the everyday life that I didn't know from home. So those are things like leaving on, people leaving on the TV and lights all day when nobody's in the room. Yeah, I feel like I was always the one who switched off the lights or turned off the TV if nobody was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with you just because me growing up, like I was always taught to, you know, turn the lights off, turn the TV off so you don't waste power, you know, make Same. the bill go up. But there are people that I'm, I'm friends with that kind of just, you know, they leave whatever they want on and they just kind of don't think about it. But yeah, that's that's a big difference. So you talked about um, a little bit about having, you know, your dual citizenship and how everything is bigger in the United States. So how was it adapting to specifically UConn and classes and how basically big the campus is? Yeah, so um, my team made the transition pretty easy um, because they welcomed and supported us right away. Um, I wasn't used to practicing almost every day like we did then at UConn, um, but that kind of allowed the team to grow into a big family really quick, which was nice. Um, classes were a bit tougher at the beginning because um, writing longer papers in my still second language uh, used to take me and I remember my international teammates much longer. Um, but that eventually got easier. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to backtrack just a little bit because I kind of skipped over it. So you obviously you played club growing up and you explained how kind of there's a difference in sports with schools in Germany compared to the United States. So how did UConn overall recruit you? Like, how did you get on UConn's radar to come to one of the best, you know, basically women's field hockey teams in the nation? Um, yeah, so there was a showcase here in Germany, um, which was hosted by an agency that focused on um, getting German, German uh, field hockey players or athletes in general a scholarship um, for a U.S. college. So I went to that, and um, basically from that weekend, we had a highlight tape um, that went, they created an online profile for me, um, which that highlight tape went on then. And then I was able to add different highlight tapes of my personal games with my club teams, or just skill, like videos of my skills, as well as transcripts and all that stuff. Um, so basically, I was um, the agency had a platform for all the coaches uh, for them to look at which player they were interested in, and then kind of contact them. Um, yeah, and I en actually ended up emailing uh, the UConn coaches, and um, yeah, they answered me, and we just set up a Skype call, and yeah, kind of got to know each other and they were interested in me and I Googled a bunch of stuff about UConn because I obviously didn't know um, much about the campus before, but I watched a lot of campus tours just to get a feel for the campus and everything. Um, 
And then, yeah, they offered me a scholarship. Though, so that was a great end mm-hmm. for the whole process. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But um, did you receive any other scholarships from other teams around the U.S. or other colleges? Or was it just UConn that really offered you? No, I also received other scholarships um, from different universities, but I just felt like at the end of the day, UConn was really the best fit for me because, first of all, they were the best program field hockey-wise, and then also the campus um, looked – I just felt comfortable going there without even visiting before. Just from looking at all the videos, I felt like it was going to be a good fit for me, and – I definitely don't regret it. I made the best decision. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. (laughs) So, like you said, UConn, you just felt like it was the best choice and it's one of the best teams. And not a lot of people know that the UConn women's field hockey team is one of the more dominant teams, you know, in the nation. So, you know, we're constantly competing for championships. How hard did you and your teammates have to work day in and day out to keep competing at that top level? Yeah, um, very hard, obviously. But um, yeah, we had to meet the high expectations of our coaches and ourselves as well daily. And then we also had to grow together as a team quickly during preseason, um, since we usually had tough opponents like Stanford in our season opening games. Um, And with a lot of players coming from overseas, like Germany, like myself, the Netherlands, England, or even Australia, there was a lot to learn about each other. Um, So that was always interesting, but I think you can say similar things for all the other teams too, because every team works hard. (laughs) Definitely. So if many people don't know, Nancy Stevens was the head coach and she was honestly one of the best head coaches probably to go down in UConn athletic history. So what was it like to play under a coach like Coach Stevens, who has such a big legacy in UConn? Um, it was it was honestly a blessing. Uh, we learned so much from her just because she was so experienced. She had so much experience from all her coaching um, career. And I feel like she always knew what to say in the right, like say the right things in the right moments. So she was always the one who had the um, pep talks, who hold, held the pep talks before the games and really motivated us even more um, or found the right words when we were kind of um, maybe a little bit stressed, when we weren't doing that well in the game. She knew how to calm us down and really make us focus on what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it and that we wanted to do it together. So she was definitely a great um, help overall and definitely a big reason to why we were so successful over the years. Winning a national championship at a D1 school is something all D1 athletes you know, dream about, and you were able to accomplish that at UConn. So tell us a little bit about that season, that feeling when you accomplished you know, winning a national championship. Yeah, that was in 2017, my sophomore season. Um, it was unbelievable. We went 23-0 and throughout the whole season and wrote history. So that was really special um, because no UConn field hockey team ever went undefeated. Um, we had the Elite Eight at home against Penn State where my American relatives came and my 
family from Germany actually flew in to support us. So that game was really exciting also because it was really close and we just won it by four to three because, you know, we had to make it interesting for our fans at home. <laughs> but um, another cool thing was that while the year before we lost the semifinal against one of our biggest rivals, UNC, in overtime, in 2017, we ended up facing them again in the semis in Louisville, but beat them in shootouts. So um, that game was crazy, just like the championship game, though. Um, I still remember the final whistle against Maryland in the final, and I don't know, we felt so many emotions in that moment. It's almost impossible to put it into words. Uh, I just know, yeah, the 2017 will for sure always be a special group. <laughs> so, obviously, from what I've heard and what your resume is long as far as field hockey goes, and it seems like you had an overall successful career at UConn, to say the least. So, if you could describe your field hockey career at UConn in three words, what would those three words be? Um, those three words would probably be rewarding, challenging, and a blessing. So rewarding because we learned so much and put in hard work and had the good outcomes. And challenging because it's not easy being a student athlete and taking a full load of classes while trying to compete on the highest level. And also a blessing just because I'm really thankful for my whole experience at UConn. So moving off the field, you were involved. I mean, your resume, I've looked on LinkedIn. It kind of just, it speaks for itself but, itself, but tell us about some things you were able to accomplish off the field. Yeah, so uh, through one of my sport management classes, I started working with Husky Sport in Hartford. Um, there I would go to a public school or an after-school program in a low-income community to foster the youth and my own development through shared teaching, learning, and just experiences in general. Um, yeah, it was really great working with the kids, and we, spot, we spent lots of fun time there. Uh, I also learned a lot in the Yukon Athletics Marketing Department, uh, where I interned for quite a long time. Um, there I got to work in the office, as well as on game days, like at Yukon basketball games, at Gamepool, or the XL Center even. So that was really cool, too. But I um, definitely think the biggest accomplishment for me personally was my growth over all those years. Um, I'm really most proud of the person I've become over my whole college career because I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood with barely any diversity. So coming to UConn with its culturally and racially diverse student body really challenged me, my knowledge, and my views in a lot of ways. And over the four years, I learned a lot about myself and what impact I want to have in the future to make the world a more inclusive, equitable, and better place, really. Yeah, so that kind of leads me right into my next uh, topic. So on your LinkedIn, like I said before, you've expressed your views on kind of what's going on in the United States, and you've been an advocate for, you know, what's going on and during these hard times, and you made a couple of videos and Honestly, for somebody like me, that's very, you know, like helpful and it makes us feel better about what's currently going on. But now that you're back in Germany, how does it make you feel seeing all these in, you know, racial injustice happening from a distance and not being here in the U.S.? Yeah, it's really frustrating um, seeing all the injustices and 
developments in America is extremely disappointing and upsetting, especially since I call it my home too. Um, the current system really benefits some over the detriment of others and literally is dividing our society. So yeah, here in Germany, people often ask me about the crazy things that happen in the US, like how is that even possible? And then I try to explain and make sense of the things which most of the time don't make any sense. So um, yeah, I don't know, like how can this segregated country move towards uniting again when extremely polarized political views even tend to cause frictions within families? Yeah, I don't know. I hope we can get more people to vote for better political uh, for better political leaders and start to change the system because I feel like there's so much momentum right now but we have to move forward and keep pushing otherwise nothing can change. Yeah, I 100% agree. What's going on right now is just it's crazy to say the least especially through somebody like an African American's eyes just seeing that people disagree on such, you know, little things that any decent human being should just be like that's wrong but you know People like to say, you know, we're the United States of America, but at some times, especially now, it doesn't even seem like we're united, that we're more separated rather than anything else, basically, to describe it. Yes, exactly. But going back to your LinkedIn, um, you made a video expressing your interest and your goal of being a part of the Nike family. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of touch base on that and talk to you about how you will achieve that goal and what steps have you taken to possibly get an opportunity to work with Nike. Yeah, so I'm always trying to expand my professional network. Um, I know that a strong network can be very beneficial, so currently focusing on that. And um, yeah, in the future, I want to explore ways of addressing and using social issues as a means to tie emotions into global branding, because um, I realized that sport has the power to inspire people to take action and advance equality through our society. Um, yeah, that's why I would love to become a part of the process of sending out powerful and powerful and inspiring messages to our communities. And yeah, my dream is to do that with Nike one day, um, as I believe that my values align very well with theirs. And I like how they take a stand on controversial topics and support, especially athletes like Colin Kaepernick in their fight for a more equitable world. Yeah, so my last question, um... If you can give any word of advice for international students coming to UConn to play a sport that they love, that are maybe a little bit nervous, you know, scared of the adjustment period or how they're going to be perceived here on campus, what, what word of advice or what message would you give to them? I would definitely tell them to just do it. <laughs> Honestly, you'll not regret it. Um, it's going to be so such a great experience. You'll learn so many You'll get to know so many different people from all kinds of backgrounds and just the overall athletic experience, since it's so different than in most European countries. Um, it's so such a great opportunity to just do something else, something that you wouldn't get at home. So I just feel like everyone, if you can really do it, um, it'll be a great four years. Well, thank you, Tony, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, especially with the whole time difference to come and talk to us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to you. <laughs> no worries about that. It's all good. <laughs>
So for everybody listening, that was episode 12 of the Anything and Everything podcast with Antonia Tika. We'll see you next time and stay safe. And just remember, you know, keep living your life and doing your thing.